Hello and welcome back to Checkpoint Radio. It's episode seven. And well, it's been a pretty turbulent couple of weeks in the industry and it feels like only yesterday we were talking about Star Wars Jedi Survivor's woeful launch. But just when we thought a AAA game launch couldn't get any worse, step forth Redfall. And at this point, I don't even think turbulent is an accurate description of the tirade of negativity currently aimed at Xbox. But before we get into that, let's introduce everyone. Ben, how are you doing? Very good, my friend. Thank you very much. I had a lovely little weekend away with my fiance to celebrate her Ooh, 30th nice. birthday. So I downloaded Tinder to look for some new <laughs> non 30 year olds. Um, Just past sell by date. Yeah, you know. But yeah, really nice. Just a little romantic little getaway. And uh, what, what, what did you, where, where did you go? What did you do? So where we live is, uh, well, it's one of the British Isles. And we found this, like, it's basically like a hobbit home, a hobbit house. Wow. So it was like this big mold, these lo- like loads of molds, um, and just like a little tiny room carved into this mound. Uh, oh, nice. Well, and uh, yeah, it was lovely, actually. Really nice, really well sort of thought out and designed. And it was all fenced off around you. So you had your own little garden as well. And nice, oh, very hot nice. tub. That sounds lovely. Yeah, and it was all very sort of nature first. So there was all everything was focused on recycling. And yeah. Everything was focused on like renewable energy, and it was a uh, yeah, it was lovely. But then I was sort of whacked out the laptop, smashed out a load of research because it's a big topic we're covering today. So. Yeah, you've got to be prepared for this one. You know, got to <laughs> yeah, dive deep know. into what's going on at Xbox at the moment. Big um, time. But yeah, well, next up around our virtual table, Connor, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, mate. Uh, I've just been working since the last episode. Uh, finally slugging through Elden Ring. Not slugging through Elden Ring, but getting through Elden Ring. That's so not I, a slug, mate. It's a, it's, it's a joyful it's, time, that game. It's a brilliant <laughs> game. And like finally putting the time in it deserves. And then this week, I managed to get a PS5. So I've been trying out. Lovely stuff. Well, hey, very nice. Very so, cool. Yeah. So hey, what games have you been playing? The, the PS5 is good. Uh, yeah, I'm really impressed with the SSD, actually. Like the load up times are brilliant uh visually stunning uh i've played horizon cool. and uh ragnarok which i'm really of enjoying uh, yeah. more of the same but um it's it's a form of aim broke don't fix it i mean the first yeah. game yeah. Was, was brilliant so yeah just, i'm glad i haven't exactly. played that and i've just the most impressive thing is the controller i think the dual sense is fantastic yeah, do you like so, it? yeah i really like it especially like in horizon like you'll walk over some rocks and you get like slight little vibrations like you're walking over gravel and stuff like that impressed yeah. with that and when the bow mm. pulls back and you get the noise through the controller and then the right trigger like tightens up it's really impressive so yeah yeah very nice very nice so, and uh well rounding out the checkpoint radio crew mr charlie ruiz how are you doing hello yeah, I'm all good, thank you. Um, not a lot to report this week. Other than <laughs> Standard week at work. Well, so yeah. man, I've been getting up at half four in the morning. Uh, and then, well, I'm trying to look after myself a bit. So I get to the gym okay. for five, work out for an hour, and then go have a shower at the gym and go off to work. I've been getting home after work, but just being shattered. So I've not really done... <laughs> a lot outside of work yeah. but that that kind of like new sort of schedule takes a lot of mm. getting used to but um yeah, yeah when I'm you get into there. the swing of things i'm, I'm sure it'll, it's gonna you know reap its rewards it's gonna, it's gonna yeah i hope it. so I hope so uh, the, the worst part is like so today and yesterday 
Mm. I, I wake up at like six in the morning. So yeah. I just want to lay in. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> so. Your body's like, oh, you've been waking up this time all week. Let's yeah. get up. Yeah, 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 yeah. But no, yeah, other than that, all good. Nice. What about yourself, nice. James? Anything new to report? Uh, well, no, same as you, really. Pretty standard week, just been been working. Um, slowly making my way through Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Um, I'm a little bit annoyed, actually, because when I got the game, obviously everyone was reporting all these problems with the game performance issues. I was, I guess, one of the lucky ones, never really had any problems with the game. But EA released a patch on Friday, I think it was, and it's completely fucked my game. Like, it oh, crashes no. literally every, like, 10 minutes now, and I just can't play it. And so it wasn't crashing before? No, it had, I hadn't had one single crash before. I had, like, the odd sort of frame drop, but nothing <clears> like what other people were reporting. So I was, I thought, I was, yeah, I'm quite lucky. You know, I'm going to be able to play the game. It's going to be great. But um, yeah, they released this patch and I tried playing it this morning and it crashed like three times within the space of about 40 minutes. So I don't That's know. I'm going, to, I'm going to see how it goes, but we'll see Breath of the, uh, Breath of the Wild, Tears of the Kingdom, New Zelda's just come out. So I might just switch gears and yeah. get on that instead. Mm. Cause... That's like 10 out of 10, isn't it? Getting like yeah. 100%. Yeah, it's a, well, I've, I've got the game. I bought it because I couldn't resist not buying it because yeah. I love Zelda. <laughs> so I played about two hours of it, but I want to complete Star Wars before I move on to Zelda. Yeah, so yeah. I'll try and get that done if if I'm able to, if I, if the game will, will stop crashing and I can get through it, hopefully. But um, yeah, so anyway, let's, well, it's, it's nice to catch up with you guys as always, but um, got a lot to talk about. So, so let's move on. You know, we've had a, a couple of weeks now to let the dust settle somewhat around this whole Redfall, Xbox situation, the fallout mm-hmm. and the reaction to that Phil Spencer interview, which we'll be getting into as well. So, um, yeah, let's talk about it. Where, where's it all gone wrong for Xbox? I guess we'll we'll start with Redfall. Yeah. Uh, ben, do you want to get us going? So Redfall is Bethesda's newest release, part of the acquisition, so exclusive to Xbox and PC. Came out on June the 13th. Oh, no, sorry, came out May the 2nd, was originally meant to come out on June the 13th, 2022, but obviously delayed, hoping, well, we were all hoping, I'm sure the whole world was hoping that a delay means that a release is perfect and the game was far from it, receiving Metacritic scores ranging from the mid to low 50s and the reception all round just wasn't good. I've got some quotes. Some PC Games says, the writing failed in making me care about his characters. VG247 said, the uh, only tying progress to the host was a mistake. Games Radar said, repetitive campaign. It's just a case of which version of the mission structure it will be. And IGN really sort of went in and said, an undercooked looter shooter by every metric with bland missions, weak combat and repeated technical problems. And I couldn't agree more with pretty much all of those statements. James, Connor and I, we jumped on and played some on day one and then I think a few days later and, oh, you should have seen our live stream. We were just going in and it's such a shame to see because Arcane Austin, known for some of the, like, well, I wouldn't say the best games of all time, but some very strong games like Prey, for instance. Dishonored. Yeah. Yeah. Great track um, record. But the... uh, this product was just everything but good. Yeah, like, I was I was kind of hoping that the story would be enough to keep me interested, but mm. it's just not the case. And the game, I think the biggest issue for me is just how underpopulated it felt. Like, yeah. the game's yeah. lifeless and not in a good way. 
as in yeah. vampires and that. But it's, yeah. it's just there's not enough there. And yep. the AI is so stupid. The, the, the AI like, is probably just rubbish. The, yeah, the AI is probably the single worst thing about the game for me personally because not only, like you say, quite rightly so, Charlie, not only is the game barely populated by enemies when you do come across enemies they are the dumbest enemies you've ever met yeah and you'll be standing mm. right in front of them they won't see you they won't shoot you they won't react to you um for some reason there's like a we i don't know if it's a bug or, or just bad ai sort of programming they'll they'll lock on to maybe one person in your squad and they won't realize you're there after they've kind of yeah. found that one player to go after that'll be it and the rest of you can kind of like just walk around and do whatever you want because they won't bother yeah. you i found instances where i think you and i were playing james after connor jumped off because connor had enough and rightfully <laughs> so i was shooting some distant enemies and deliberately missing and shooting them at their feet and there was just no no reaction, reception no response. or reaction yeah no. it was but you it was can, you can shoot shocking. one of them like right next to another one yeah and they won't respond and you can yeah. that's it turn up the difficulty settings as well and it changes nothing ai yeah, wise it just they turns just, them into bullet take, sponges take mm. They take more damage and they give more damage. There's no, yeah. They don't get smarter. But, nothing. For those of you, I mean, I suppose we jump straight into it. But for those of you who don't know, so Redfall is the new FPS from Arkane Austin. It's set in a vampire overtaken town, and it was meant to be their first. Well, it isn't meant to be. It is their first attempt at something different from their usual sort of library of games. So, open world co-op <clears throat> and um a bit less linear than everything else that they've done in the past yeah. even though all their games are sort of semi-linear the the whole game just failed in many different regards and i i put together a little list if you want to hear of some features that i feel like the game could have maybe benefited from from yeah, different sure. games yeah, sure. so i don't know what you think about this something that james might have heard us mentioning in the stream so I think that imagine if you had some form of hunter like Left 4 Dead who would spawn in out of the out of sight and make a noise and he or she would be hunting you, this vampire hunter, in encouraging you as a group to stick together because yeah. for some reason the game has got a feature where if you stick together, you get some like group benefit and if you separate, then this benefit yeah, goes like away. Yeah, it's like a trust thing. Is your trust? Mm. It says, oh, your trust yeah. with Layla has increased or your trust That's with... It. Divinda has increased or whatever, but yeah. it's kind of pointless. Like it doesn't really yeah. mean anything. That's it, because the empty expanses just encourages you to run off like a headless chicken with not a care in the world. So there's yeah. no real sort of focus on sticking together because you can just go out and find two enemies in ten minutes each and and you uh, can go you can go and do one objective, I can go and do another, yeah. James can do another, there's but no, there's no sense of danger. So I'll no, be back yeah. in a minute. Yeah, so I think adding like some form of hunter to keep the group together would be great. I think, and very obviously, making nighttime even more dangerous, like dying light, doesn't that seem very? That's, that sort kind of, of feels like a bit of a given. If you're in yeah, a town sort of like overrun with vampires who thrive at nighttime, they can't go out in the sunlight. I know they block the sun out or whatever, yeah, but, but still, still, at nighttime, it should just like ramp everything up. Like the nighttime yeah. is the if you're in a vampire infested town. Nighttime is the one time of the 24 hour day that you don't want to be outside and you yeah. want to be in your house. Yeah. Mm. Where the vampire be some, can't get you. Yeah. And there should be some feature of like, it's nighttime. You sure will go out. You can go to your bed and rest and wait till morning and be yeah. less sort of in threat. 
Um, I feel like there should be NPCs out in the world who needed and who need assistance, like State of Decay. Like, imagine yeah. walking into a town and then there's like screaming civilians running away, and you can intervene and kill the pursuing vampires. And then if you succeed, you'd be like, "Cool, we've got a, we've got the fire station ready to go. You should meet us there." Mm. Um, but it's and- like the, the safe houses you kind of take back, like. You expect there to be survivors or, or people in there, mm. maybe, but there's no one. They're empty, no. and all you're yeah. doing is clearing out the the cultists or, or the or the Who occasional vampire in. that might mm. spawn there. Yeah, um, a couple more. Another state of decay one. Just infested houses, just like you said, James. When you go to these houses, these yeah. safe houses, they're just completely dead. So mm. I want to see infested houses where there's like vampires, like a nest. just like a little orgy going on. Are they not? Because I'm sure, because granted, I've not played, I I played a little bit with you guys and then I'd had an uninstalled it. it. Uh, yeah. yeah. But so, I'm sure I read within reviews that there are like, um, almost like dungeons. Oh, where, maybe. We didn't make it that far. Yeah. yeah I, think so. I think that is. Oh, we kind of thing. found something, didn't we? We, we? we sort of found like a cave that yeah. had like the red mist and there was like a big sort of thing hanging in the middle, but like, nothing really. Oh, okay. There? Yeah. Because oh. the only reason I said that point is we had to go and clear out our house in one of the sort of, we walked past a house and it had like an icon in it to go in. Yeah. There's nothing in there. And we were like, yeah, we were taking our time to sort of search every room and sort of like proper. Expecting um, to sort of be yeah, jump scared. Swatting it like, through. Yeah. I thought you'd go mm. into like the basement and there'd be like a vampire and they're asleep and you're waking yeah. them or something and it kicks off, but yeah. nothing. Nothing. Triggers. So something. that's why I said yeah. that mm. point. I also think two more points, sorry. Okay. Um, having hordes of human cannon fodder. This town has been absolutely taken over by vampires. The vampires surely must have. Obviously, you have the um, the people who are like the cultists. The cultists yeah. But what about just the the pure civilians who haven't been mm. killed but have been recruited to be just cannon fodder? Yeah, I yeah. Think there needs to be a different variety of, of enemies, like different enemy types. That's a really good point, actually. The, the cultists yeah. could have been roaming around in like armored vehicles, or well, that's of... my last point. Having patrols of humans like Far Cry, yeah, or yeah. like a, so... a, horde, a horde system, like James said, like you recruit enemy. You could have a horde system, not maybe not as deep as what Days Gone is, yeah, but some sort of like threat that even in State of Decay two, you get roaming hordes, yeah, that yeah. go around some sort so... of threat, yeah. Yeah, um, it's interesting. Well, so, yeah. you know, to not kind of harp on about Redfall for too long because yeah. we know that this game's got 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 its faults in terms of the gameplay and and well, actually, I don't think the graphics are too bad. But uh, there's a lot yeah, of things wrong with okay. the game. Bugs, I like all the sorts. Mm. But you know, this is this is Xbox's first seventy dollar AAA exclusive. Um, there's a lot of questions about how this game made it to this state. A lot yeah. of which were addressed in that Phil Spencer interview, which I guess we should move on to now. Mm. But the fact that the game was sort of left um, to kind of fester in this way, it feels like no one at executive level at Xbox was overseeing. I'm not saying they should be micromanaging, but surely someone says that the you know you're coming up to your the end of your one year extension to get this game yeah. finished. How's it looking? Where are you? Let me come over there and have mm. and play it. Yeah. Where are you at mm-hmm. on it? And you know, I guess there might be a bigger problem here at Xbox. They have a real kind of hands-off approach with the developers. So yeah. going off of, you know, what Phil Spencer said, um, I've actually got a quote here. And uh, he was sort of backing up Arcane a little bit and saying um, he doesn't want to argue about a team's creative direction. 
you know. Mm. So he said, one thing I'll fight is what went wrong. There are clearly quality and execution things we can do. But one thing I won't do is push against creative aspirations of our teams. I'm a huge supporter of Arcane Austin. Their track record is awesome. I love a lot of their games that they've built. They didn't hit their own inter- internal goals when it launched. I think it's maybe a little simplistic to say if you would have delayed it three months, the core creative of the game would have delivered on something that was different from what it was, which I, I agree with. Like, I don't think any sort of delay is going to fix this game. Yeah. But in the lead up to of... that, where's the management? Where's the quality control mm. there? Yeah. Especially when you consider, for instance, um, this was 30 FPS capped for their console, That's an exclusive game, like yeah. for seventy pounds. Yeah, that's it, nuts. No, no first-person shooter should release at thirty frames a sec- per second. Not, not an exclusive yeah, not. that's seventy quid. Well, and in that interview as well, Phil talks about the fact that they they sold it as being a sixty frames per second capable game. Yeah, mm. two people and. If it's an Xbox game, you expect that to be on an Xbox console. Yeah. Mm. They know full well that it it wasn't, that it was only going to be 30 frames. Yeah. and It's it's just a bit disingenuous. Going Mm. back to your point, James, about um, Phil sort of defending it, well, sort of saying about the creative sort of decisions of the team, I understand because I went back and I had to rewatch it a couple of times to fully understand what he said in regards to like, finding technical issues about a game yet you'll then delay it but then having like creative problems and not hitting those creative sort of that creative vision Mm. then what do you do in that regard because it sounded like well that's something you don't delay for is that what he kind of said like Mm. because it sounds to me or maybe he was withholding what he wanted to say because maybe that's a more drastic situation that's best not said in public, where if you have a game that isn't hitting the creative direction that you've had years to achieve, then then what do you do in that instance? Do you just release it and then hope to improve it with like customer or, or player interaction and feedback? Yeah. Or is it worse to completely scrap it? Because there's they there were so many reasons why they knew this game was crap before it came out. For instance, they lifted the embargo two hours before the game released, the review embargo. Yeah, yeah so they, they knew. That's they knew. evidence mm. they, that they knew the game wasn't going to get a good reception and they wanted to hold that back as, for as long as possible. Well, they, he also said in that, in that this is the, the kind of funny uh, X-Cast interview that we're talking about, which which came out last week. It was a, it's a really good interview. If, if anyone's listened to this and they haven't yeah. watched it yet, I'd go back and listen to that. There's It's interesting because Phil, Phil Spencer, like he says a lot of, seemingly honest things mm. but there's also like a bit of a lack of kind of fight from him in some ways we'll get onto that shortly yeah. though but i just wanted to mention one other thing in, in regards to redfall so in that interview he talks about um how they brought on staff members from the coalition to help arcane austin build the 60 frames per second mode for the game and he said in the interview if we wanted that ready by launch we should have started that back in uh, mm. autumn last year and it's like, mm. I don't understand, A, why he said that, because that makes him sound a little bit incompetent. Like, you, mm. hindsight's all well and good and everything, but what are you doing about it at the time? Like, when some, when action needs to be taken, why are you kind of, like, letting Arcane just get on with it, knowing full well they're hurtling towards a fucking cliff with this game? Yeah. yeah. And that's quite maybe contrary. maybe that's the problem. Maybe they 
didn't know that they're hurting well, towards they the cliff. Have known, and they must the have known. That is the problem because been, they're obviously not hands-on enough. It's been internally reviewed, which they scored it at like 70 out of 100. So they knew the game yeah. was... They okay. reviewed it as... Oh, okay, it's not great. The game's been delayed by 10 months, 11 months. So in those 11 months, did like the previous build, did they go and look at it and go, oh, it's only at 30 frames, you've said it'd be at 60. Did they not go, right, do you need help then? Why does it take till the end of last year before they go, oh, do you want us to, we can send the coalition over if you want. Like, where's the communication? Surely someone mm. at Xbox has played a previous build of it. Yeah, well, and on also, that- is, is there something to be said about the studio as well? Surely if they know the target is 60 frames yeah, mm. and they're struggling, yeah. they should go to Xbox there's, and go, we need help. bigger issues yeah. at this because this game was going to be a PlayStation timed exclusive, same with Deathloop. And then Bethesda came in and Xbox came in in 2021, said no PlayStation. So then if, if that game's only being built for PlayStation, there's issues there. Yeah. So that takes time. This game is a yeah. year away from being an eight. Yeah. Also, as well, I found out that the founder of Arcane actually left in 2017, which was apparently around the time that Redfall was starting development. It's just so, been in development all that time. Yeah. Yeah. Literally suspected wow. to have been in development since August 2017 before the Xbox acquisition. Okay. Um, so uh, the head, I can't pronounce his name, Raphael Colantonio. Uh, he left in 2017, reasons unknown. Sorry I think everything was amicable, but maybe not. Well, maybe just but, moved um, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Happens all the time. That's it. But um, maybe it was just maybe his vision. Maybe, obviously, this is the... the Deathloop came out in 2021, but obviously that would have been yeah. deep in development. Um, so if Arkane started working on... Redfall in 2017. But there was a point you made earlier, James, that about Phil and like Xbox's involvement in the development of Redfall. Yeah. Where it's kind of contrary to how I've my image of Phil Spencer as, as I've been doing research on him. Because he's okay. like, he seems like a guy who has incredible um, uh, force, foresight, like looking ahead into the future. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. obviously trying to plan ahead and see how things go. Like, He's, he works in this like three-stage system. Horizon 1, Horizon 2, and Horizon 3 is apparently his thing. So he's he's planning... Horizon 3 are like things that he's planning for that might be 10 years in the future. But his defense is like, if you're not planning for stuff for 10 years in the future, what happens when 10 years in the future comes and you haven't planned that far yeah. ahead? Yeah. So I f- take that sentiment and then look at Redfall and then think about the whole getting the 60 FPS ready for release all the way back in August, did you say? Yeah, if they would he, have had to have started development or work yeah, on that in the, autumn last year to get it ready for yeah, release. Yeah, autumn, sorry. Where's the foresight there? Well, I think... I, does he, good, did he know? Yeah, it's a good it's a good question, Ben, and it's like it's interesting, but I, I think it's a combination of things. I think we talk about this hands-off approach that um, Xbox have got with their developers. I don't think Xbox leadership, Phil Spencer, Matt Booty, I don't think they have that approach with Playground Games, I don't think they have that approach with the initiative. I don't think they have mm. that approach with Ninja Theory, who are making Hellblade. All these like real high-profile games. The fact that Bethesda were already and Arcane were already working on Redfall, it's sort of like they saw the game midway through development and thought, we're going to leave those guys to it because they know what they want to do. And mm. that's partly Xbox's fault. They shouldn't have done that. And 
you know, there's a whole discussion as well about where Arcane fall into this and the responsibilities they have, because like, I'm not going to be one of these people that, that sort of says, well, the developers are completely innocent. I don't think they are completely innocent. I think they have to take some of the blame of, for, for releasing this game as it is, whether that, mm. whether that involves pushing back at Xbox again and saying it's not ready or yeah. realizing that they're biting off more than they can chew because that studio has never made a co-op open world shooter before. Yeah. So they have to take the responsibility on themselves and say, maybe we need a bit of help with this. Yeah. Anyway, getting slightly sidetracked now, but um, I completely lost my point. Sorry about that. No, don't I worry. think the, the biggest issue Xbox has is they've acquired 16 to 17 studios in five years. It's too much yeah. growth. They can't well, handle it. this many studios. They've got yeah. projects at all the studios going on now. No one's just, well, barring Redfall, nothing else has come out. So they've yeah. got all these games lined up raring to go you can't manage them all yeah well that's it that's why it feels like the hands-off approach isn't a decision and more of like well a we have to be hands-off is what it is. we can't manage this many yeah. studios they have mm. like 30 studios now don't they or it well, went 20 act- if- 22 or 23 i think yeah it'll so- be 35 if they acquire activision like is the hand like you said is the hands-off approach just a byproduct of having so many studios to manage too many because, eyes, not enough fingers. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> well, there is. Is I know we're kind of saying like we don't want to focus too much on what potentially could be rumors, but there is enough sort of repeat behavior here to start to paint a picture of what could be going on at Xbox Game Studios, and mm. like a lot of people um, this week in particular have been questioning whether Phil Spencer should stay in the job. I personally think he should stay in the job. Me too. Because I think that, like you said, Ben, about the Horizon 1, 2, and 3, whatever it is, like the, the mm. long-term sort of site for Xbox, they, they have a plan, all right? Yeah. And as much as this is kind of like, you know, gamers will be sick to death of hearing this. You know, the games are coming. There's a plan in place. Trust the process. I mean, Connor and I are football fans. We hear this all the time from <laughs> managers, from fans. Trust the process, trust the process, trust, trust the process. Yeah. You can only trust so much until you a, have to start yeah. delivering it's been, on the things that you're saying are coming. It's coming up to a decade under Phil, and it's a decade of disappointment. No AAA title in 2022. I know the pandemic caused issues, but you look at their competitors. Tears of the Kingdom's just come out. Uh, Sony, who have been quiet in this console, uh, generation horizon god of war spider-man 2 at the end of the year potentially and that's them being quiet if you've got nine years without big triple a titles coming out why Mm. should your ecosystem trust you but i feel like what james said as well is also my opinion in the fact that this like his vision for the future has still yet to pay off still yeah but what's he's playing for now it's been nine years of shit yeah i like phil spencer i like phil spencer a lot i thought he shouldn't have done that interview that interview is damaging for the brand he's obviously been beat up for the last couple of days yeah he wears his heart on his sleeve and i think he's generally wants the best for xbox but the spark's gone mm. I, I, pretty much what i was gonna say like i i like phil spencer and i like what he's doing with game pass because it's good for me personally mm. but i do think it's time for him to maybe go because what he's doing now just isn't enough and the interview says yeah. it all he's I given don't, up I don't he's think, admitted defeat you i know, don't he says, think he but, needs to go i think he needs more players around him to help yeah 
Yeah, I think exactly. I'm, I'm, it just feels like he's given up. Like it, it, there's a quote, and he says, "We're not in the business of out consoling Sony or Nintendo. There's no real mm. solution for us to win." Like, yeah, and it's a bit I, defeatist. I'm, it like, is, it is defeatist, and you know, we kind of said at the beginning that the interview there were some insightful things that were said in that interview, some very honest things, but there is, there was like an overall perception of like a lack of fight from him and Xbox in that interview. Like, like you just said, Charlie, that that's, that's quite a telling thing to say. Um, we're not in the business of out consoling Sony and Nintendo, but on the flip side of that, I kind of understand where he's coming from when he says that, because, you know, he goes on to sort of say, there's no world in which Starfield is an 11 out of 10 game and everyone sells their PS5s and gets an Xbox, which I think is also true. Um, mm. I don't know if... But if Starfield it's... isn't a system seller, what is? Skyrim is one of the biggest games of all time. Fallout 4 is ginormous. 76, for all of its issues, there is a large player base there. Bethesda, Starfield could potentially be one of the highest selling games of all time. So if that's not going to shift your console... Why are you bothering? Yeah. But then because that I leads th- us... I th- Sorry, Ben, go on. Well, I was going to say, well, that leads us to maybe their next focus, which is Game Pass. Well, yeah, that's, that, that is that is the mm. focus, isn't it? That's, Game Pass mm. is the focus and streaming is the focus because like, they're not going to sell more consoles than, than, yeah. than Sony or and Nintendo. They know they're just not, and they know that. So, you know, this whole idea of, of bringing... Rather, rather than the gamer coming to Xbox... They're bringing the games to the so, gamer instead. Yeah, you hit if, the nail on the head. If they didn't, comp- if they didn't want to sell consoles and all this, then why would they take Starfield and Redfall off of PlayStation? Surely you would take the player base and the sales. Be- yeah. Because, well, because there's, obviously, so there's there's two there's there's a couple of things to that. Firstly, we know that PlayStation and Xbox don't make any return on hardware sales. They don't make any money. It's all a loss. We know that it costs more for them to develop the cons to develop the consoles. Than what they get back from it. So when you when you when you consider that fact, and then you consider the fact that PlayStation is already outselling the Xbox like four to one or something, um, is there much kind of like what can you gain from fighting Sony on that front? Really, what can you gain realistically? Because you're losing money to, to 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 make the console in the first place. But Microsoft, traditionally being a software technology company, maybe they're doing what they know they're good at doing. And that's delivering software and services. Then why make the games exclusive? Because they're going to make they can take Sony's money. Because they're going to need people to come onto Game Pass, aren't they? They're going to need people to get Game Pass. Yeah, that's the need, focus, gonna, isn't it? The people are going to need a reason to get Game Pass. And if that reason is Starfield, things, because but um, they're still going to put it on Steam, so that's stopping people from Game Pass. This is you can put well, it on PlayStation and get thirty-eight million potentially thirty-eight million units sold. They could just give up the consoles altogether still buy up the developers and then sell yeah. the games. Like, I understand your point, Connor, in regards to, like, yeah, why make it exclusive? But I feel like, for me, like, for them, it's like, you either have you have to get an Xbox or you play it on Game Pass and then you can play it on your phone if you wanted to or you can stream it to your TV. And regardless, they're still getting, like, 100% of all that you've put in. If you buy the game, great. If you go to Game Pass, because ultimately where they have the power to control where that game goes, they, they, they're they just, it, it's the calibre of game where they have to flex it. 
And I yeah. understand, like, it makes total sense for it to go to PlayStation entirely. Like, why are you going to cut yourself off to all that, like, source of revenue and income? And it's also a bit surprising when they're fighting the CMA right now about not making their first titles, exclu- first party stuff that they own exclusive. So it's a bit sort of, well, why is Call of Duty any different to Starfield? It's probably going to be just as big. But I feel like for them, Game Pass is their like ultimate goal now. It just, everything yeah. seems to be pointing to Game Pass and they need those high profile games for Game Pass. If if the, in the current state of Xbox, if they're releasing one AAA title every two years, I can pay £10, play Starfield for a month, cancel it and not come back until the next one. Yeah. There's a major issue there. Yeah. And I understand... But there, there are going to be people, though, that, that will... Like, I've got Game Pass for PC, okay? So when September 9th rolls around and Starfield comes out, I'll play the game, and if I like it, there is a very high chance that I will just buy it on Steam, knowing that then I'll have it permanently and I won't need to worry really? about maintaining my Game Pass. Yeah, really. Because I did the okay, exact yes, same thing I did with, the same. with Valheim. That's another example. I went and done 50 hours of Valheim on Game Pass and then bought the game on Steam and done another 200 hours on Steam because I it's... love the game that much. And, you know, there's this big conversation and, like, I don't think... We won't get into it too much because we don't actually know the ins and outs of, like, the contracts that are made with publishers for, for Game Pass. There's a big conversation about, like, sales and how publishers and developers are paid when their games are put on Game Pass. We don't know the mm. ins and outs of that. But for me personally, if Starfield is good, I think that Bethesda, you know, I'll I'll pay them for the game. And Game yeah. Pass for me is kind of like it's what seven pounds a month it is. Mm. It's not really it's it's nothing for me. And if, if for me that means having access to like two hundred games that I can play as and when the ones that I really like, I might buy them. Yeah, and that's just like that's one of the perks of Game Pass, I suppose. Like it, it basically gives you access to all these games that you can trial as and when you please, and yeah. buy them if you want or mm. not, or just keep your Game Pass subscriber, uh, Game Pass subscription and keep playing. Yeah. And there's an underlying issue. If Starfield's bad, then they've lost all this money. Well, okay, let's, might... let's, let's, let's talk about Starfield then because um, obviously after the whole Redfall thing, the next big exclusive for Xbox this year is Starfield. And now it feels like there is an overwhelming amount of pressure for Starfield to be nothing but a 10 out of 10 game. Yeah, it has to it's deliver. Just got to be, hasn't it? And I hope, and I, I've, there's no hope about it. They must have taken, like, you would have thought that every studio out there would have learned from CD Projekt Red's mistake with Cyberpunk, for instance. Like, yeah. how could you not? The reception that the game got and the damning it did for the company was immense. Even though yeah. they seem to have kind of brought it back, and obviously there have been many games prior to that that came out no, bad they, and they took a massive themselves. hit with the shareholders as well um, yeah it was monumental so you would have thought every game sort of post cyberpunk would have learned from that lesson obviously they don't so there's there's no way they will be shitting themselves more than anything else about starfield yeah that game's gonna sell like hotcakes regardless regardless it's gonna sell like absolutely bonkers mental it's gonna break records it's going to yeah but they 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 need to nail it because yeah. then it becomes I, I, a serious problem. If Starfall comes out fucked, 
Phil Spencer's gone, guaranteed. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I actually agree with that. I think if if Starfield has a bad launch, then there will be pressure on Phil Spencer to maybe step down. I, I, think, I think he's okay for now. I think he's pretty safe yeah. for now. But as as for yeah. Starfield itself, I, I think there's a massive difference between like Starfield and Redfall, for example. Like nothing we mm. saw in Redfall in the lead up to that game's release alluded to the game being good. And that yeah. sounds harsh, but like it just looks like a bland open world co-op shooter. Starfield, mm. from everything we've seen about it, has got the bones and the potential of possibly mm. a really, really great game. Yeah. It, it has that because because you know it's, it's Bethesda's first brand new IP in twenty years or whatever 20, twenty five years yeah twenty five years I've been cooking up this thing for it's got like base building ship building new engine a thousand planets you can visit yeah. um, a deep sort of like story that changes the the landscape and the things around you everything we you kind of know from 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 a Bethesda game. But the actual guts of that game seems way more promising than anything we saw mm. from Redfall. So I yeah. think Redfall is kind of like hoping that it's got something to it. Yeah. Like, oh, maybe it'll be fun playing together. Exactly. Like exactly. Looking that. at, at Starfield. That's it, like a quadruple A game. It, that's what it's yeah, hyping yeah. it up. You to look be, at Starfield yeah. and think that that is a that is a next generation yeah. game. Like everything. Yeah. Like, not just talking in terms of graphics or whatever, because. In all honesty, I think that game's going to release and I think it's going to be capped at 30 frames per second on a console. I think I don't think that game's going to be running at 60. But it's not. You I think people will accept it because I feel like the game is going to be... If, if they can pull it off, it will be a special game. No, it will but be. I can't accept it. Because for me, that game has to release and it has to be visually fucking stunning. Yeah. And it can't be a... a Framey thirty. Well, the piece I know of it's, shit. it it's, needs to be sixty at least. It's old footage, but I think Digital Foundry looked into the last lot of trailer, and there's a lot of cuts in it, so we don't even know what build they're using. That game doesn't run above nineteen frames a second. I know it's well, fourteen. Thing, I, I know I, it's I was, it's what fourteen months old now at this point. I was, but yeah, there's going to be issues from like an announcement, but it is too framey. Like, yeah, I wouldn't be able to enjoy that game and appreciate. It in all of its glory at that level of frames. Yeah, but then is know. that is that is that kind of like the PC player in you talking? Because I completely agree with that, but I'm not going to be getting the game on console. As selfish as that sounds, I'll be playing yeah. it on PC where I will be playing it at 60 FPS or is, more. But this is the bigger issue at Xbox. Phil Spencer said in that interview, the console ga- people in our ecosystem are they're the most supportive, they're the most loyal, they're the ones getting fucked over. It's okay yeah. for us. We can go and play, download it on Game Pass. If I don't like it, I can delete it. And it's going to run better than 60 frames a second on my PC. If you're stuck with an X and they haven't optimized it properly, or even worse, if you're on an S and it run, yeah. runs out of VRAM, which is happening in old games like Borderlands 3, you are completely fucked over. Yeah. And not yeah. everyone I've... can afford a 2000 3000 pound dollar game PC. But yeah. I think like technical difficulties aside... The, obviously, Redfall had lots of te- technical issues, but then it also had a lot of those creative issues. The story was shit, and the world was rubbish. Mm. Like, I just missed so, the mark. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. So yeah. everything yeah. about that game was a miss. So regard, I feel like Starfield, yeah, needs to be like running really good. But even if it is capped at thirty, if the story's on point and the world the is insane, the, the features and no and bugs, the you can do. yeah, I would pick that with a thirty FPS cap. Like, if they could just make sure that everything about the game is 
so good. Like the story is memorable and amazing and exciting. The fighting feels great. And I know 30 FPS wouldn't give you that feel as such, but as long as they could now everything creative and everything about their vision, I would take that with an F with 30 FPS cap every day because, yeah. because that's where Redfall failed. Redfall failed in every respect, bad performance and bad creative like direction vision yeah Yeah. but Mm. starfield just needs to nail everything about the creative side of it yeah like yeah it needs to run great too for sure but it needs to be everything about because they said um what's the tony is toad what's the guy the bethesda dude todd howard Howard. tony todd howard tony howard yeah tony harris yeah, he said, looking at Skyrim, and Skyrim is like obviously his baby. Yeah, Skyrim is a ten-year game. People have been playing that game for ten years. He mm. said that they're taking that same approach with Starfield. People need to be playing Starfield for ten years. The only the way they, there's mm. bugs in Skyrim that came out in 2011 with the game, and they've re-released that game seven times, and there's still those bugs in it. Yeah. Those games can... only those games only last because of the modding community, and that's fantastic. It's brilliant. Yeah. But that's the but whole not... point in, in the creation engine, though. Like the whole yeah, reason but... these games are made was because Bethesda wanted the community to be, I guess, as big a part of extending the life of the game as they put into the game to make it playable for for years and years and years. I understand that, but if it comes out and there's massive issues with the game, and they're like, "Oh, the modders have fixed it," that's mm, not yeah, good like game design. That happened yeah. with Fallout, didn't it? Yeah. Most of their IPs. All of their honest. games. Mm. Yeah. I've got to say, I do feel like this game looks a lot nicer than... I don't know whether I'm wrong in thinking this, but like okay. my opinion of Bethesda games are that graphically yeah. a bit sure They're not good at all. But it's Whereas the story. Starfield, I think it actually... Does look like nice. it could be quite yeah. graphically mm. nice. Yeah. Well, like, like we but said earlier, they've they've updated the creation engine, so they're on the creation engine two now, mm. which is what Starfield has been built on. Another interesting thing about Starfield development in um, regards to that Phil Spencer interview and what he said, he said that they managed to get um, into the room with Bethesda and Starfield a lot earlier than um, with Redfall, Redfall, which I think is a little bit strange, like. I think Xbox made an active decision to choose to make Starfield as great as they could and maybe neglect Redfall a little bit. Because I think like we 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 kind of like we're not sure about like when did Xbox get involved, when did they see the game, at what point did they kind of think to themselves, What the fuck is this? Mm. Like it seems like they didn't think that at all. They let the game come out. I kind of feel like Redfall was thrown under the bus a little bit so that Starfield could fly. Yeah, a little tinfoil hat moment. Well, well it's a little bit of like sacrifice, isn't it? Yeah, because they, they talk about like they they have this thing at Microsoft uh, Xbox called the Advanced Technology Group, ATG, and it's like some I don't know what it is. It's like some some group of people. I can bunch tell of, you. Okay. <laughs> so according to Digital Foundry, um, the Xbox Advanced Technology Group is responsible for Xbox's robust dynamic resolution scaling, a bit of tech wizardry that allows game developers to sacrifice resolution instead of frame rates. So since the new Xbox consoles use APUs, which are accelerated processing units that share both a GPU and a CPU, okay. um, there's there's a bit of an age-old battle between frame rates and resolution. Um, 
dynamic resolution scaling is then used to maintain specific performance targets. Um, so like the X and the S then take this concept a little bit further um, using variable rate shading, um, which is basically a way to boost the game's performance by letting the GPU control how much processing power is used within a frame, but on like individual parts. Yeah. So yeah, that you yeah. can have your more important parts using up more of the power. And then say you've got I don't know, a tree in the distance that's or no, something that's out, like right? a simpler yeah, yeah. part yeah. to to render. So like you can use less power so, on it. So so the, the advanced technology group, their their kind of thing is implementing this technology across the mm. games, is it? Okay. That yeah. makes and sense. And what were you saying, James, about where Xbox is using this uh this group, for instance? So apparently well, not apparently, in, in, in the interview, Phil Spencer said that basically they got to Starfield a lot sooner. It was easier for them because it was earlier on in development than I Redfall. See. So Redfall was already like quite a long ways into development, yeah. which I don't know if those timelines kind of match up really because Starfield's been in development for like two decades and they only bought Bethesda a couple of years ago. I d- I'm not sure like how that works in terms of like what he's saying with getting in there with Starfield and being able to help them from like a more critical point. Yeah. But then Redfall was apparently too far along in development to be helped. I don't well, know. Xbox and Bethesda have had like a 20 year relationship, even before the acquisition, Bethesda were using Xbox as their primary developer console. So when every time Bethesda were making a game, they made it for Xbox and PlayStation yeah. was like, Behind. That's changed recently, though, because Starfield was pot- potentially going to be a PS5 times exclusive, like oh, wow. like um, Deathloop and uh, uh, Redfall uh, was going to be as well before the yeah, acquisition. Yeah. So but yeah, they've got a good working relationship. They've worked together for a long time. Yeah, but I how long? Maybe earlier in the development that could have been this well, January, by the sounds of it. But maybe earlier means like just as early in regards to their acquisition. Maybe they got like. The acquisition happened, and then it was like, "Cool, let's look at Starfield. We don't care about everything yeah. else you're making. Let's look at yeah. Starfield." We, we know, know that makes sense. Big... Like, if Starfield's gonna be this next big thing from Bethesda, maybe they thought, "Right, let's get in there, get this game yeah. sorted out, so that when it launches, it's gonna fucking blow people away." That's and it. Redfall. And Redfall maybe was just like one that they could sacrifice and not really concentrate on as much because it'll come and go, and then that'll be it. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, the pressure's on. The pressure is certainly on. Um, one question I wanted to sort of, you know, take take to you guys and, and bring to you guys. Um, do you think Xbox are focusing too much on Game Pass and Cloud at the moment and perhaps neglecting AAA game development? I think so, it's... Oh, go on, Connor. You go oh, first. Because I can go... I was, it, I've got it, quite a lot on Game Pass. At the moment, I don't know, obviously, with all these acquisitions that have gone in the last six years, they don't know where they are with these games. Some they've bought in there. 75% into development, sometimes they're 15% into development. Xbox with Game Pass is their their unique selling point at the moment. That's what they've branded on, which is great. Yeah. It's wonderful. It's very good for consumers. But if you scratch a little bit deeper and you look at PS Plus, it's pretty much the same model. And there's more games on Game Pass. Granted, it's a similar price, but to get these people into your ecosystem, you need first-party games. You need the exclusive titles, yeah. Yeah, that Sony don't have, do they? Sony do have. Uh, Xbox don't have. Like, if well, you, yeah, I suppose. If you I go into with... 
if you go into PlayStation, when I go to PlayStation, they they don't they 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 don't launch their games day and day. Yeah, that's, that's what like I yeah, they don't leave them day one because then they get that money immediately. This is mm. obviously Xbox are going down the, the Netflix route, and that's fantastic. It's a subscription model we haven't seen in video games. But then, if they do release Fable, how many sales do they lose out on? I know they get people in, and but those people might play that game for two days and then go, yeah. I think yeah, we we, something... we don't know about like the contracts and what's offered. Like we said this earlier, we don't know about how no. payment works. Whether there's like a bonus for how many players play the game, how many players download the games, how, what percentage of players have unlocked half of the achievements. For example, we don't know any of that stuff. But the, the diff, I, I agree. There's not really much of a difference between PlayStation Plus and and Game Pass. But um, this is one of the things that like people will criticize Xbox regardless of what they do they, they get they get shat on by fucking everyone at any given opportunity no matter what but one thing i think they have got right is game pass i think game pass is a fantastic service i think game pass yeah, is probably the best too. deal in gaming right oh, now 100 percent. and i think mm. i don't think mo- i don't think anyone will really disagree with that but i think they've ignored on. their ecosystem they've ignored yeah. the core gamers they want the- to be netflix they want 100 million subscribers Yep. And Game Pass is fantastic. They've got 25 million subscribers. PS Plus is at 47.4 million subscribers. Why? Because they've got the games. I feel like with Game Pass, like something you said earlier, James, about where the Xbox are like <clears throat> bringing the games to you no matter where you're playing. And I feel like that's Game Pass's uh, focus. So, for instance, if there's apparently like 3 billion gamers in the world. And I very much feel like Xbox are trying to get Game Pass on so many people's phones and TVs and external devices, such as that new Asus ROG Ally Mm. handheld device. Mm. They want to be able to open up their service to billions of people, not just like 20, 30, 50, whoever million. Like they, there's apparently... 3 billion gamers in the world, mostly mobile gamers now, who don't have Xboxes, don't have PlayStations, definitely don't have PCs. And they are trying to sort of tap that market. And if they can tap the market and get Xbox Game Pass on everyone's phone, making it run, like if they can get, I don't know, still sort of on the fence about cloud gaming, but even if it is like getting Game Pass on someone's phone and you could download the game to your phone or getting it on your tv which is hardwired into your home or getting it on the handheld device which is downloaded they want it they want the game pass to be on everyone's device but i feel like the way they executed game pass is to me the most impressive thing because i don't know about you guys but i feel like gamers are the first people to kick up a fuss absolutely about anything if something changes or if something's new or if something's different people don't like it they don't as soon as they see a company coming in to try and be money grabbing there's 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 no way they break through that barrier of like public approval yeah so how on earth would game pass like go to the masses and say here's a service you have to subscribe to like unless they did the the three or so things that they did and they did it so good low price loads of games and yep. all the extended features of like um streaming it and whatnot mm. so if they had if they came in with a sort of like i don't know 
£15 a month price with no games and like no additional services, Game Pass would have been in the bin before it even got started. Like but, Google Stadia. It's exactly what yeah. happened to Google. Mm. Yeah. Exactly. Google Stadia, you still had to buy the game on the Google Stadia. There was no way to play and test and anything like that. Yeah. Also as well, another thing about their launch, which kicked them off excellently was xbox game pass was a service that they only allowed their loyal if you like xbox yeah. gold members use so and then they completely relaxed on advertising apparently they didn't want this to be something that you find and see in all your youtube adverts and all your tv adverts this was a completely word of mouth advertising like um campaign, uh, campaign yeah so it was getting the players who got the service, realised that it was kind of like a great deal, and then tell their mate. And that's literally how yeah, Game then Pass... Yeah, you, then, you, then you you're going to get good. Yeah. Like, and then yeah. if you yeah. get... You throw in a couple it. of like, oh, it's a, it's a, refer a mate and they get a free month subscription. Yeah, that's throw in it. A couple yeah, of like, and all of a sudden, your fucking mm. Game Pass subscribers are multiplying. Mm. Yeah, and, and that's how they did it, by by sort of not plastering it on your TV and you just skip past it like it's another money-grabbing scheme. But if your mate yeah. comes to you and says, oh, there's, there's something called Game Pass and it's got all these games on it and I don't have to buy a game now, I can just download I can just download it for free. And if like you did with um, Valheim, download it, like it, buy it, there, play it forever. Mm, there's an inherent mm. issue with Game Pass and I think they're future-proofing Xbox, which you brought up earlier with like, the horizons like game pass is going to grow for the next 10 20 30 years they're going to mm. be on every device they're going to be on samsung fridges whatever they're doing <laughs> the problem is they've ignored the core gamer now mm. yeah so and i know potential uh there's talks that documents have leaked that there's an next xbox in 2028 they might scrap that i don't think xbox will be releasing consoles in the next I think they'll do years. another one. I think they'll, they'll do, do one, one more, more yeah. and then it will be cloud. It'll be on your uh, smartphones. It'll be on your well, tablets. You know, if, okay, so it's, it, that's, that's interesting, but there's a couple of things to consider here. Like I, 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 I'm not, I'm not an Xbox fan, but I just want to make that abundantly clear. Like I, I have, I have an Xbox. I've got a series X. I've got a PS5. I've got a PC and I've got a Nintendo switch probably tell from that i fucking love video games and i'll play them wherever they are all the time i love gaming Pretty i've got the choice games. <laughs> well I've, I've got you know I'm, I'm grown up now i've got a good job i've got money so i can i can buy the shit that i could never afford when i was when i was a kid that's the luxury yeah. of being an adult you know you spend the money the way you want to spend it and this is how i spend some of my money so i've got no foot in any camp no but let's not forget right game pass made playstation rethink their whole game subscription service they fucking binned off playstation plus and bought out a, video, a game library because of game pass and the impact it was having okay the other thing i wanted to say was that when xbox moved into this kind of new generation and they bought up all these new studios to release all these AAA games how long does it take to develop a game now six seven years like five years time. minimum for like a triple a game yeah. it takes four or five years minimum six years maybe maybe even longer if you're looking at red dead 10 years in the making that was cyberpunk same amount of time so they buy up all these studios at a similar time now they're all working on triple a games that are going to take five or six years then there's covid in the middle of that so two years nothing happens and coupled with the fact that they're making a bunch of new triple a games a bunch of new ips with no previous existing assets to work on 
There's no like first entry in mm. this in this trilogy of games. They have to build everything from the ground up. There's a reason why these games are taking so long to come out. And I'm not trying to defend Xbox here and say it's acceptable because it's not fucking acceptable. We should have got some of these games by now. Do I wish Starfield was out by now? Yes, I do. Do I wish Redfall would release next year and it was a good game? Yes, I do. Because ultimately, when a game like Redfall comes out and it fails, it's bad for everyone. That that mm. cre- that taking a risk yeah. on a brand new IP and it releasing to mass fucking hysteria and people shitting on it is bad for other developers who want to release a new AAA IP. People aren't going to invest because they're going to look at Redfall and be like, it's a risk. Yeah, it is a fucking risk. Game development's not easy. But segueing back to bringing it back to what I was saying, there's a reason all these games are taking so long. And Phil Spencer has this kind of like, he has this thing where they want to be releasing a high profile AAA game every sort of three to four months. And if all of the games we're, we're kind of looking at in the future, Starfield, Forza, Hellblade 2, Avowed, Fable, Perfect Dark, Everwild, State of Decay, Compulsion Games, new game, In Exile's new project, Gears of War 6, Indiana Jones, the list literally goes fucking on and on. If they get to a point where they can start banging out these games, everyone is going to be looking at Xbox completely differently. It's going to be a completely mm. different situ- situation. Yeah. And I think now there's been a lot of reactionary commentary on Redfall, a lot of people calling for Phil Spencer's head, but I don't think that, is is necessary whatsoever i think he's had enough good faith over the years to just push through these next sort of 18 months or two years and to see where xbox is have they made mistakes yes they've made a lot of fucking mistakes have they lied to the gamers in some aspects they have also lied to the gamers which is a shame you know you can't go to like a you can't bring out some big game conference and say everything here is released in the next 12 months and delay half the fucking games on the list that's bullshit so, mm. you know, and quite rightly so, they're being held up to that. People are not happy about it. But I'm one of these people where I don't want to call for people to be fired. I don't want to say uh, Xbox needs no. to become a third-party game publisher and, and close down its fucking game development studios. I don't want that because at the end of the day, I want Xbox to succeed because that makes PlayStation want to be better to compete yeah. with them and that means that we get better games why on earth would you want xbox to close down you nah, wouldn't want just, xbox to go off the off nah. the map because you need that playstation needs that competition to make better games that's why and we benefit been, from it that's why they've been so good the ps4 was as great as it was is because for the majority of the 360 ps3 cycle xbox had their foot on their throat exactly but, but xbox but have walked away from what made them great they had yeah they have. 250, 260 timed exclusives, third-party exclusives, and Xbox, Phil Spencer pissed and moaned in that interview about, oh, we can't do the deals placed. 360 was littered with third-party exclusives. You've got the fucking money. Instead of buying studios and having to deal with them, you go to a From Software, you go to Devolver Digital, whoever. Yeah, say, so we want your game for the next 12 first, months. Here's the cash. What, yeah. what was Sony offering you? Two bill, we'll give you four. Fuck it. Like... I feel yeah. like they though, can do those deals. Is, yeah. I feel like this is the first time that the, I, I don't know if you boys will agree with this or not, but I feel like this is the first time where Xbox and PlayStation are kind of branching off into different paths. So in the yeah. past from like Xbox 360 to the PlayStation 4 and on so on to uh, up until this point, they've both been like sort of fighting the same fight. Whereas now yeah, I feel like... it's been like, about console gaming before, isn't it? It's yeah. all about console, it's all about the games. But I feel like now their strategies are starting to change drastically. So for instance, I feel like, I don't know if this is going to make sense 
but I've written something here which says, with two differing strategies, one seemingly based on value. So for instance, that's Xbox. They want you to be able to have all your games at all times, all backwards compatibility, everywhere playing you go, on all devices yeah. and everywhere yeah. you go. Yeah. Whereas the other, PlayStation, maximizing on technology. PlayStation were very apparent that their next-gen games are going to be mostly next-gen PS5 only. Whereas yeah. Xbox have very much said that all of our games will be available for xbox one and um obviously the xbox x and s and pc and everything else mm. playstation are very much like okay in the future i think horizon zero dawn came out on ps4 but it was always meant to be a ps5 exclusive apparently but the dlc was anyway from maybe a, a, a year or two on every every like next gen game point where yeah. it's only going to be next gen yeah, it causes because... an issue now for xbox though mm. and but that's yeah. it it causes an issue now because with the third party deals that we brought up, developers have already moaning about the S and they've yeah. got yeah. the X, which is the most powerful console in the world. There's no yeah. ifs and buts yeah, about maybe, it. Maybe, maybe the series S was intended to be like a game pass machine. Stream yeah. Originally yeah. a streaming machine. Uh, Xbox need to cut ties with the S and X. And that's not a bad thing because most games will come to the S. They will get yeah. them on there. They, they'll like, stop making consoles eventually and they'll just, everything yeah. will just be streaming for them. And that's, that's, that's obviously what they're aiming towards. They want as many mm. games as they can on Game Pass and they can't do these day one deals because of issues with the S. Square Enix wouldn't put Final Fantasy 16 yeah. onto it because they couldn't get it onto the S. If they mm. put the S like with the one, they cut ties with it and it comes to the S three months later, and then these developers can come in and work with this absolute beast of a machine, they can get more games onto Game Pass, and that gets mm. more people through the door. Yeah. It is an issue they need to look at. Yeah, I feel like we're going to be seeing some, in the future, I feel like you'll be going for PlayStation for the top-tier next-gen exclusives, and I feel like you'll be going to Xbox for to fill your library. Yeah. And... I Maybe, feel like yeah. that's like you'll be going because, for instance, again, with the Game Pass, you have the ability now to play loads of smaller titles that you'd maybe never have picked up or wouldn't have wanted to spend 10, 15 pounds on. That's obviously their filler, but it yeah. also gives the smaller devs and the indie devs well, the ability um, to get their games out there to the masses without some exposure. publisher well, problems. The, the yeah. best games that have come out on Game Pass the last six seven months have been grounded which is obsidian pentiment come out to tens and hi-fi rush which all fantastic games but they're small yeah small what you'd call double a games double a games and yeah. indie games yeah. and they've been brilliant and that's what mm, xbox yeah. are looking at they've got idea xbox i think it's called now it used yeah, to be yeah idea xbox so it makes sense but there are there are glaring issues with triple a titles yeah. but I th like like james said in i think in two months not two months two years this isn't an issue yeah, well, so like looking, look, so to, well, well, we've talked about this for quite a while. So to kind of close out the conversation, to move forward yeah. a little bit, how do Xbox recover? I think this is a pretty simple question. They just need to get these games out the fucking door. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, and ultimately but, we have to do what they've asked over and over again. Is we unfortunately still just have to wait. Yeah, they need to get the games out the door. But in a good state, but not broken. There's, yeah, because you can't be releasing Red Fools over and over. No, no, no. Doing my you, research, lose. doing my research, there's one thing I found that did put a negative thought in my mind, and it is coming tw out in 2021. Uh, Xbox do internal reviews for competing games, okay. and they reviewed The Last of Us 2. So this is a couple of years now, but these games have been developed for a long time. 
Um, this is an excerpt from that. The visual quality and attention to detail in The Last of Us Part 2 is absolutely best in class in basically every area. They did go on to moan about Naughty Dog's gun combat, which I find, found quite funny. Um, mm. The overall presentation is significantly ahead of anything the other teams have been producing on console and PC. So that's talking about their own games. That's a little bit worrying. I know it's a couple of yeah. years ago, but if there's no faith in some of these developers... Yeah. Mm. Well, the, the the proof is in the pudding, as they say. I mean, mm. I don't know if anyone's watched that Hellblade six minute oh, gameplay video. Unbelievable. But I've it looks it. fucking unbelievable. The graphics are just, mm. it's so next gen that you yeah. almost, it looks like a cutscene. It looks so good. And I'm not trying to sort of fanboy and hype it up. But the question is like, well, not the question, but like the, the sort of lingering sentiment is, they need to just deliver on this now. They've shown us great yeah. promise. Like you, you can't deny that the games no. that have been teased, there's potential for some real great games there. Uh, Fable is a beloved franchise that people would love to see return. Hellblade 2 is a technical marvel. Well, the first one was a technical marvel. The second one looks like it's building on that. Starfield, obviously, that looks like it's got the guts of a really great game. They just need to deliver on this now it's yeah gamers are sick of, mm. of waiting and it's fair enough I, I i agree i agree it's been a long time coming but like we said in a year in two years time this could all look completely different if if you yeah. know starfield hellblade avowed forza indiana know, jones indiana jones a couple of these other games if they come and they're all eight nine ten out of ten games this will be a different conversation. This, will, this, yeah. this is going to feel so weird talking about it like this. That's it. And it's almost like I started to go down a, uh, an idea in my research of like, is there like a cycle? So like in the PS3, Xbox 360 era, era, sorry, it was like the Xbox 360 was out on top for numerous reasons, such as the, the PS3 had a bad showcase. The Xbox had a more powerful GPU at the beginning. And there were lots of exclusives. And then it was the PS4 era where the yeah. PS4 was cheaper, more powerful, way more exclusives. And then obviously the PS4 era is fed into this current era where everyone had the PS4, so everyone's getting the PS5. But are those tables about to turn again? Because well, like you said, James, if these exclusives come out and are top tier, then I'd be I'd yeah. maybe I'd be a bit but worried. That's, about the, that's the thing that we're kind of like sick of saying though, if when if maybe yeah. i think there's no certainty we is wanted there. To, to sort of hurry up and get patients to have already gone with some gamers they, they can win these games yeah, you can't blame them though can you like no there's um it's, it's fair enough for people to something that, that come out in a, a sony internal call about like um playstation sales and stuff 30 percent of ps5 owners never owned a ps4 mm, which is wow. and 30 percent of xbox is a 30% down in console sales in the past year for Xbox. So obviously there's some significance there. Obviously some of it will be people getting their first console, mm. but people are yeah. going to who they trust right now. But yeah. if you did have loads of, like Phil Spencer said that great games aren't enough to win it. I think that oh, he's wrong. wrong. Yeah, I think, I think that wrong. if I you did have a good library of amazing games, there are people that haven't managed to get a next-gen console yet. Maybe they haven't been able to afford it. They're saving up, whatever. If you've got, you know, a library of great next-gen games, it might be enough to sway you to go, actually, I'll get the Xbox. 
Yeah. But I think one thing for certain with these game delays that needs to happen is there needs to be more updates on them. Yeah. Because those games that were announced in that 2021 showcase... Haven't seen anything. ...that... They got delayed, but we've not heard anything for a well, year. Well, speaking speaking of the showcase, we've we've got a, a Xbox event on June the eleventh, followed quickly after with the Bethesda Starfield event. At this showcase, they need to show something. Well, not something, but a lot of thing, a lot of substantial things. We need to see more gameplay for Avowed. We need to see more gameplay for Hellblade Two. We need a firm release date for Forza, and we need to see. We need some new projects to get the mm-hmm. school excited about. And then games like Fable and Everwild and State of Decay, we need serious kind of updates um, on, on those as well. Yeah, yeah, mm, for sure. Well, um, you know, it's, it's been a bit of a rough week for Xbox, I, I guess. And, and uh, hopefully it's, it's going to get a bit better for them because ultimately as the, the games come out, um, if they deliver on what they've, they've shown us, we, we all benefit. So, hey, well, that was a, a pretty full-on interesting talk about Xbox. Um, where do they go from here? Only time will tell. Hopefully, they could deliver on some of these games that they've teased and, and shown us. But um, as we're coming to the end of the show, I thought we'd end on some some more listener questions because it's always nice to hear feedback from people who listen to the show. Those of you that have have uh, sent us a message or an email, thank you. We appreciate it. Yeah, so that. first up, we mm. have a question from Dan on Instagram, and I'm not sure if this is the same Dan who wrote in last time. Nevertheless, um, the question is, if the four of you were to make a game together, what would the working title be and what part of production would each of you work on? Ooh. Interesting. Interesting. What could we cook and up we, between us? And just behind the scenes, we've not discussed this at all, by the way. Like I know what I would want to make if I can put an idea forward. Okay, go on. I would want to make a tactical shooter, a first-person shooter. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm sick of COD. I hate it. Battlefield shit. I want to make an actual decent military shooter. Yeah, me too. I'll make a couple of calls. We'll get black. We'll get the right. Yes, that's exactly what I'm (laughs) saying. We need to just reboot black. Black's the one. Yeah. Happy with that, Charlie? Yeah. Well, what what would you do there? So if we're we're going to make a a first-person shooter, what would everyone's roles be? I'd want to be something with like uh, the shooting side of it. I'd well, want to make sure the game like feel gun, game gun mechanics. mechanics and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, like testing guns okay. on a range. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, or, or just making it feel. I know, obviously no technical skill. Like I have no idea how I'd actually do that, but I'd like to be because I know what I like from a shooter, and I'd want to be able to try and achieve that or make try and achieve our own feel and our own mm, style. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. So that's kind of what I'd like to do. Uh, any, and any other, either of you boys got a preference for what you want to work on? Um, I studied game design at college and I would do like assets and level design. So that's Lovely. probably where I would go. Perfect. Very nice. Charlie? I think that Foley would be <laughs> oh, such perfect. a fun this role This is working out great. Like, and then awesome. doing all the sound. Yeah, it'd be perfect. And That'll I'm going to try and guess what James is going to say. Okay. What, what am I going to say? The sickest story you've ever written or yeah. heard. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. Like, would, it, would it have a campaign? Or would we just go straight uh, for that sort of mm. pay to win battle pass? <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll come for the Call of Duty crown. That's it. There's only like, well, I don't know. I feel like a campaign would be really Yeah, good. we definitely have a campaign. I we think the yeah, campaign yeah. would set us apart right now. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah I mean, like it, first it comes to mind, yeah, Battlefield. Right, so yeah. Yeah, we'll get working on that tomorrow. That's, that's cool. <laughs> Black uh, okay, so we've we got another question from someone who asked to remain anonymous. And this is quite a... I don't know, actually know how to answer this. What can the gaming industry do to be more sustainable? Um, Interesting question. Mm. Sustainable... Sorry, I was just questioning. Mm. Sustainable in regards to like carbon footprint? Or yeah, are we yeah. talking... I'm, I'm assuming carbon footprint. Um, yeah. Xbox and obviously PlayStation with their online services are doing what we need to do for this. Uh, digital libraries, first and foremost. Um, yeah. That helps a lot. Obviously, if you are gaming a lot of these consoles now, um, like Xbox have lowered it and PlayStation have lowered it. But if you actually turn it off at the plug switch, it plug actually, turns off. actually turns mm. off. So yeah. it's not running in the background. Yeah, I've that got something that's negative with the sort of cloud gaming aspect of gaming. Okay. So apparently, one cloud gaming server center yep. can consume up to fifty thousand homes worth of electricity. Over what period that's is that? A lot. Uh, a day. I don't know what period that a is. Minute. Actually, <laughs> every <laughs> minute. Yeah. No, no I but think they have it's... to be like cooled as well, don't they? Yeah, yeah. they've got to be like super they cooled. Can't yeah. yeah. I so think it's more like goes into those. Yeah, if you take mm. fifty thousand homes, that amount of power that would charge or power those fifty thousand homes is the same as what it would be to yeah, power yeah. this server center. Yeah. So that's. Yeah, I, where... I understood what you were saying. Yeah. No. <laughs> but... I know something that Switch could do. Okay. The size of the game boxes for a Nintendo Switch the... compared to the oh, cartridge. Oh yeah, they're massive, aren't they? Like, that is a huge waste of plastic. Yeah. yeah. So that yeah. could change. Um, so one but, thing I think would be quite good, sorry to just interrupt here, I think that Xbox and PlayStation and Nintendo and even like PC part manufacturers should have some sort of like recycling incentive because yeah. us being PC gamers and bu- uh, having built PCs, how many spare PC parts have you got laying around the house? Where, where do you go to get rid of that? If you can't sell it or donate it or, or move mm-hmm. it on, it just sits there and not saying you should do this, but some people will just bin that stuff. And yeah. it's like there is a way to recycle consumer electronics. And I think that if Xbox and PlayStation in particular being like the two biggest, well, not two biggest, two of the biggest um, sort of console brands, if they had some incentive for recycling your old consoles or your old hardware, send us yeah. back your controllers that don't work. And we can give you like, I don't know, a £10, a £5 store voucher or something. That would be pretty think, cool. Yeah. Well, something in that have, vein. Did you, Sorry, did you ever hear of... Um, I wonder like if you're going to say the same phone. thing. There's a mobile oh, phone no. that the components... <clears throat> it's you could Yeah, it's modular. You could okay. swap out the components. A console could be built in the same way. When the next console comes out, you send your old parts back, you plug the new parts in. Yeah, maybe. I was going to say, in regards to the recycling part, James, um, Mm. apparently I think the American government bought up as many PS3s as they could because for like a... um, Building a bomb. Gamers. Yeah. No, they were were building some... Having a massive uh, land party (laughs) at the White House. (laughs) They were like, (laughs) they needed this specific uh, component on a board that was apparently very expensive. Like they, it was like literally like... $20,000 per component but the PS4 had like a very small scale version of it but they could just buy a fuckload of um, PS uh, I think it was PS3s they could just buy a ton of PS3s that each had this small component but when you tied it all together it saved the same purpose when saving them like literally hundreds of thousands of pounds so that was kind of like they used sort of recycling technology in that sense but I completely understand your point 
I, was, I thought you were actually going to say something on the line, along the lines of like um, generalizing the like packaging of games. So they all use one box. They all use one um, like container. So yeah, I, I don't know. But, like if you, I mean, I don't know how many people still buy discs, but really could just be a cardboard sleeve, couldn't it? It could be. Doesn't a need to you, come in a, in a. Sometimes you get the game and it doesn't even come with a disc in it. It just gives you the digital code. So you've just wasted all that plastic when they could have yeah. just sent. Oh my god! It's like, what are you doing? That's a that's a PC special. That one is. You go into yeah. game and get like a PC CD ROM, but there's no CD in there. It's just a fucking yeah. Steam code for the game. Pointless. I've not been into a game or a shop and bought a physical disc in no joke. Maybe a decade. I'm not I joking. I don't have a disc drive, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they don't, they're not fit for purpose anymore. Yeah. Like, well, that's interesting. Okay, Liz. Right, so we've got one more question. Uh, this came in via email. Hey, guys, big fan of the pod. My question is, can you all name your favorite and least favorite games consoles from each generation? Thanks, Ooh. Hannah. Oh, What generation are we starting from? Any. Can you name your favorite? Start first I'm going to go three. forward or now and go backwards. I reckon we work back. Okay. Oh, from each generation. Oh, I, I was off. just going to pick my favourite <laughs> PC. All time. PC. PC. Windows ninety eight. Windows two thousand. Windows XP. That's it. Thirty ninety. Ten eighty. Right. So let's start. Let's start okay. with this generation then. So obviously Ben and Charlie. I don't think you can answer this because Can't you don't qualify, have a next yeah. gen con- uh, console. Uh, Connor, your thoughts? I haven't got my hands on the next. But um, at the PS5 is a very impressive bit of tech, so that would yeah. have to be. Yeah, I, I I agree with that. I think the PS5 is a fantastic console that hands down wins it for me. Really? So, and you obviously are qualified. You have them all I've now. I've got an Xbox, yeah. I've got, I've got all of them. Yeah. I just feel like the PS5, like you, you mentioned it earlier, not to sort of go off on a tangent too much, but you mentioned PS the PS5 having this like next-gen experience. Yeah. You really do get that for the moment you turn on the console. Like the, the UI is rendered in it's 4k clean. it's, it's yeah. clean it looks smart you have like the game previews when you hover over the tiles and stuff it's just a really really nice experience it's mm. quick it's snappy but the xbox on the other hand is clunky it's cluttered there's ads on the on your main sort of page when you get on there it's just a little bit of a it's not it's not great it's not a good time mm. but um, yeah so ps5 okay. uh so Going last back. gen xbox one ps4 i guess nintendo switch as well because that's still last gen I only had the PS4, so PS4 gets my vote. I'm the same. Had the PS4, didn't have the Xbox. PS4. PS4, yeah, same PS4, didn't have an Xbox One. So then before that... Unanimous. Unanimous, hands down. Before that, we had the Xbox 360. We had the PS3. Three. And then we had the Wii U. (laughs) No, the Wii U was... (laughs) Anyway, it would have been the Wii it the, oh, the Wii. Wii. Okay. Well, it's, it's 360 for me. I didn't have a PS3. Yeah, I, I, I was going to say 360. I had both. Like, yeah, so I had, the, I had the 360, and then that was when I made the switch to PlayStation, and oh. I stopped playing my 360, and then I was exclusive PlayStation. But I had so, the, the exclusives that came out on Xbox 360 at the time were so good. Like, I remember Gears of War like it was yesterday. And yeah. Such a fun memory. That so, was when Xbox were in their pomp and it yeah. was a fucking great time to be an Xbox 360 player. That's it. And then like obviously online coming into Xbox play massively yeah. during that era, Xbox Live, it just changed the game. It was so good. 
Mm, yeah. What's before I, that? I, so PS2. That was then PS2, PS2 and just the OG Xbox. PS2. I'm, I'm going to have to say OG Xbox. I'm going X- Because yeah. I'll tell you why. Had it. So I had, was it Enter the Matrix? Yeah, that was oh, yeah, I yeah. on PlayStation. Sick well, I had it game. on Xbox, but I remember, I have specific memories of playing that, this game over and over and over with my brother. Mm-hmm. But then, having said that, the PS2 did have Black, which is one of my favorite games of all time. Mm. I remember having the. I remember so the Xbox was my first console. Yeah, like my first, first, first. I think my, a friend of mine had the PlayStation Two, and we got the PlayStation Two shortly after. But the Xbox was like my first console, and for me, that was just like, oh my god, this is gaming. Oh my, <laughs> this is gaming. Yeah, wow. this is the rest of my life now. Yeah. So, yeah, I, 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 I love the PlayStation Two because that was where you know I played um, San Andreas mm. and GTA Three. Is that PS2? Yeah. Vice City was on it as well. Vice City as well. Highest but selling the Xbox DVD just like, all time. What was it about mm. the Xbox? Like the Xbox home screen, like the dashboard. The big green just, X. Yeah, it just yeah. it burned in my mind, that image. I don't remember the dashboard. Yeah, it, was, yeah. Uh, it looked like you was in some sort of weird lab and there was like this green sort of circle. It's so green. I remember playing, um, putting my, was it Linkin Park Hybrid Theory album mm. into the Xbox. <laughs> Fucking playing that, blasting that in my bedroom. Absolutely loving it. So good. What about before that then? For me, it's PlayStation 1. It would have been PlayStation 1 or the Nintendo 64. What else was around at that time? Would it be GameCube? Or was that after? GameCube was after. Oh, I had a PS1. Maybe Xbox wasn't my Dreamcast would have been the one if Sega had actually got some games on it. That machine was beast, but PS1 was fantastic. It's got to be the OG Nintendo 64. The greatest gaming console of all time. Your anti Nintendo. Remember on PS One having like a demo disc, and it had Tony Hawk's Pro Skater One, and I'd just Ooh. restart that over and over again, <laughs> playing that one level. I actually Great think console. I think the Nintendo sixty four come out a few years before the PS One, if I remember. I feel like the PS One was late nineties, and the N sixty four was maybe mid nineties. I think it was nineteen sixty four. PS1 nah. was like 96, <laughs> I think, 97. Yeah. Well, I don't think any of us remember anything before that. So I, yeah. I remember playing the SNES, but I'm old. I was going to say, you I remember bastard. having a... And a Game Gear and what a Mega it? Drive. What was that? Do you yeah, remember Mega that? Um, was, it, was it a Nokia that was like a phone, but it was like a, a, game, a handheld the game? Engage. Game. The Engage. And the Engage, yeah. yes. I remember the Engage memories. I want to give Famous. a big shout out to um, Game Boys as well, though. Oh. Yeah. I loved my Game Boys. Tried and tested. Can't I had my wrong. mum's one. <laughs> oh, Game Boys was so good. I had my uh, Game was run in the family. Was after the advanced SP. That's what I had. I don't think I had the SP. I Is that the that. flip one? Is the flip one? Oh, like that square class. flip one. So good. Nice. Great Smashing question. Pokemon. Yeah, great question. Thank you yeah. for that. Um, so thank you to all of those questions. Uh, we still got a little pile of questions to get through, so we'll continue to read those out over the coming episodes. Um, if you want to send us a question or a comment about anything you've heard in this episode or literally anything else, then you can email us at hello at checkpointradio.co.uk. You can also use the link in the description of this episode to find our Discord where you can reach out to us there as well as hang out with the community. And you'll also find links to our social media pages as well as our YouTube channel. Well, that was episode seven. Thank you for tuning in. My name is James. I'm Ben. I'm Connor. And I'm Charlie. And we'll see you next time.
Bye. 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 Bye.